This episode of Actors with Issues is brought to you by Audible. For a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook, visit audibletrial.com actors. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Actors with Issues. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Today's guest is actor, singer, and writer Troy Iwata, who you may have seen in the Broadway production of the cult hit musical Be More Chill, as well as NBC's New Amsterdam and the upcoming holiday romance Dash and Lily on Netflix, where he plays Lily's older brother Langston. Troy chatted with us about the growing representation of the Asian and queer communities, his audition process for Be More Chill, and their experience working on Netflix's Dash and Lily, which premieres on November 10th. Now, please enjoy this conversation with Troy Iwata. Now that it's November and some people skip Thanksgiving, happy holidays. I don't even know. Yeah, happy. Ho- <laughs> I mean, I feel like holidays, like Halloween's a holiday and it's like, right. it's the holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a big Christmas person? Did you love getting to celebrate Christmas for uh, a while while filming last year? Yeah, it was super fun. I, I think I'm like 75% a Christmas person. I don't know okay. if I go like, I don't go insane during Christmas time, but mm. I definitely enjoy it. And um, yeah, we filmed like around the holidays last year. So okay. um, it was it was like we started in like September. So people mm. were just starting to get into it. So it was it was fun. We had to we had to fake some snow, but um other than that, every, everyone was full force. It was really fun. Been there. It's, uh, so did you guys do any sort of shooting uh, during the hot ones like New York was sort of all decked out for the holidays already? Yeah, because we shot through December. I think my last, okay. my last day was like December 16th or something like that. Okay. Um, but me personally, my character Langston, he doesn't really leave his room. Uh, so <laughs> most, most of my filming was in the warehouse in Brooklyn and, um, they gotcha. let me outside. They let me outside a couple of times, which was really nice of them. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So it was funny, like in doing other views, we, during, during other interviews, we did a press junket a couple of days ago yeah. and people kept asking me like, what was it like filming in New York city? Like not knowing that I live here also, right. but also it was like, I, I didn't really get to do that. I was in a warehouse. <laughs> uh so because have you done like several or have you done any other sort of holiday themed shows or shoots before no i was a christmas elf in college okay in a mall okay that's 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 my experience no productions of uh um it's a wonderful life or miracle it's a wonderful life no no i no i don't i've actually no i don't think i've ever been in like a christmas production i feel like that's a um that's a a requirement for like any actor you have to like I feel like at some point yeah most actors say like point. I did the nativity play at church when I was a kid and that's when I fell in yeah. love my my aunts and uncles like growing up my aunts and uncles would write a like write an original Christmas play and mm-hmm. make all of the cousins put it on just for them it was like when you think about it it's kind of weird yeah. considering that like the <laughs> the eight people that wrote it were the audience. They were just kind of like, let's make the kids do something. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put on a show in the living room. Yeah. So uh, with Dash and Lily, what was your um, audition process like? Was it sort of like a long and grueling one? I, uh, Joe Trace, the creator and writer of Dash and Lily, he also wrote Be More Chill. He's the book writer for Be More oh, Chill. Oh, okay, gotcha. And so I, I, and I'd known him for a few years because I, I'd, I'd done another show of his previously. And um, during 
during the run of Be More Chill, uh, he came up to me and he said that he was working on a new Netflix show and there was a part that um, he thought that I should come and audition for. And then, I don't know, a couple of months later, I got an email with the audition. I only had two auditions and it, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't really a grueling process. I went in, the first audition I went in, it was just me and the casting director. And that w- I will say that that was like hands down the best audition experience I'd ever had. Mm. Um, because she was so, she was doing everything that she could to make sure that, you know, the scenes were going well. And, and so it was, I, I remember at the end, I said, I said, this like stood out as an audition like experience. So thank you. And, um, and then I got a call back like a week later, literally did the exact same thing. And then my manager at the time was like, You'll, we'll probably hear back about like screen tests or something like that. Didn't hear anything like that. And I was like, oh, great. So like I had an in, you know, I knew the the creator of the show and I didn't get it. So that's really great. Uh, but then, um, yeah, then a few weeks later, I just got, I got a call from my agents and they were like, can you, can you come in for the read through next week? And I was like, did I, did I get it? And they were like, oh yeah, you got it. And I was like, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the offer. So yeah, I had two auditions and they were both like just me and the casting director. That was it. I never met anyone until the first day of like read throughs. That's so interesting because usually you have to like, you know, do the network test and chemistry reads and all of that stuff. And that's really interesting. Wow. For Netflix, especially, you know, you'd think a smaller indie project would, you know, would be, you know, did you know at the time that it was for Netflix originally? Because I know sometimes Netflix will buy I, I I personally knew it was from Netflix because Joe told me. Maybe gotcha. he wasn't okay. supposed to. I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't get Joe in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to go back a little bit. We did, uh, you know, briefly touch on, you know, doing shows as kids and whatnot. But how did you get started with acting? Was it, uh, you know, very early on for you, or sort of, uh, were you a late bloomer when it came to yeah. being an actor? I mean, theater was always in my life. I remember like my mom had like four four CDs in the car and it was like Avita, Forever Plaid <laughs> and like, and like a, it was and Jesus Christ Superstar and like an arrangement, a, a, a selection of like Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff. That's okay. what I, and that's what I grew up listening Weber. to. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad would always take us to shows. Um, I didn't start performing until I was like 16. My brother started to, my older brother started doing theater in like middle school. And Mm -hmm. then um, I was always super shy and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then uh, my junior year of high school, my high school was doing The Wizard of Oz and my brother told me that I had to audition. He said I had to, so so I did. (laughs) I I guess I have to. Yeah, and then um, that, and then I I got the scarecrow, so that was my first. Mm. That was my first thing, and then um, yeah, it was it was one of those cliche moments where it was like in the in the rehearsal process, I, everything sort of clicked, and I was like, oh, these are my people. This is what I'm good at. I finally feel like I am part of something. Mm. You know, yeah. your community, your yeah. support group, your th- you know, yeah, gotcha. Uh, so when was it that you decided like this is the career for me because you did mention before your second attempt at college yeah <laughs> I'm just curious if you could elaborate on that as well <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. I was I, I I don't even know what was wrong with me I really didn't want to go to college I just like I 
I, I was so I, I was so comfortable in my hometown and I legit was like, I'm going to stay in my tiny hometown where no mm. one ever becomes anything. And I thought that that would be okay. I'm really glad that my mom forced me to go to college twice. Um, twice. No, I went, yeah. The first time I went to, um, I went to Cal State Fullerton, which is like a huge state school. And I, mm. I grew up in a very small town that I got very comfortable being in. So I went from like a town of 4,000 people to a school of 20,000 people. And I just sort of, I just sort of shut down and I like, didn't go to class. I, um, I, I got a job at Disneyland. Um, Mm. and I just decided to just go there whenever I felt overwhelmed or scared, which happened to be every day. So, um, I just like didn't go to school and I was at Disneyland every day. And, um, and like, like two months later, I got emails from all my professors being like, you you failed like you're not here <laughs> and so um I remember I called I called my mom my parents and I was just like hi I failed um I'm gonna I, I have to leave I'm gonna leave college and then I just worked at Disneyland for a year mm. it was so I so I so it took a gap year working at Disneyland which um was super fun and then a year later uh, my mom was like it's time to go to college again and so I went to a smaller college and that turned out to be okay so how was the transition from your small town to New York City? Was that just like... I know, no, right? That, that, I, that doesn't make any sense now. 20,000 seemed overwhelming. Then it's eight yeah, million. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Um, oh, also, I didn't even answer the question that you asked. Um, <laughs> um, I, when I, the first time I went to college, I was just undecided. I was just sort of directionless. I didn't know what to do. And then the second time I went to call, the second time I went, um, they were just like, what do you want your major to be? And I looked at the short list of majors that they offered and theater was on there. And that was the only thing that I remotely connected to. Hmm. And so um, it was also kind of, I'm like, people major in this, like, that's, that's okay. Right. This seems like it could go nowhere. <laughs> right. Um, but I was like, you know, what? just make a decision. It's fine. And I think my mom was just like, I don't care. Just like, go to college. Just go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the theater major where, you know, you have, you don't really have to do anything, but. Um, rolling the dice a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Something, you know, I grew a lot in, in those, in those five years, uh, mm. those five years of, of one year of not college and four years of college. And, um, moving to New York was just kind of a, it was a last minute decision. It was, um, I remember it coming, um, actually, you know what I remember? It was my, my junior year of college and I was talking to one of the seniors who just graduated and it was the last day everyone was moving out of the dorms and he was just sitting there on his computer. And I was like, hey, so um, like, congrats on graduating, first of all. And what are you gonna do? And he, t- he turned to me so cinematically slowly and just looked into the back of my head and said, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, <boy>. And I, <laughs> that terrified me so much. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then senior year was like going by and I, and I, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I've gotten this far. I'm going to have a theater major in musical theater. I'm pretty okay at it. Um, let's moving to New York is something that when people say like, what are you going to do after college? All you have to say is I'm moving to New York and they go, great. They don't ask any more questions. Right. 
So basically the reason I moved to New York was to, was to answer people's questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it, it really is such a definitive thing. It's like, Oh, big city. Cool. You know, you'll find work if you're a theater actor, yeah. you'll find a job. Yeah. I obviously oh, wanted yeah. to go for, you know, for work opportunity and stuff like that. But it was also, it, it, it was a very, it was a huge convenience that, you know, when people ask, what are you doing? I could just be like, I'm going to New York. And they're like, cool. Yeah. It's not moving back home or, you know, right. getting my master's in something. <laughs> and then it's like, and why? Yeah. Cause all the follow-up questions like, Oh, New York, that's awesome. Cool. Be safe. And no <laughs> one, no one cares. No one cares. They're just making small talk. <laughs> Did you ever, think that you would be getting into film and television since you were doing so much theater before or like especially with the move to New York for Broadway was that sort of ever on the horizon for you I mean it was all like on the table I never I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily a kind of person who like believes certain things will happen or mm. you know it's just sort of like especially like this career is kind of um uncertain so yeah uncertain there we go <laughs> um so no, I never really, I never really moved here thinking like, yeah, I'm going to be on Broadway and I'm going to be on TV and film, but I'm like, you know, that would be cool if that did happen. And I was just going to say yes to every opportunity and, you know, do my best and like the Boy Scout that I am. If you're like me and you listen to a lot of podcasts, you'd probably love listening to audiobooks. And the best place for that is Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks and spoken word entertainment. Titles range from popular literature, fiction and biographies to health, wellness, and everything in between. For a free 30-day trial, visit audibletrial.com actors for a free audiobook. Once you become a member, you get one credit for an audiobook each month, as well as two free exclusive Audible originals. I highly recommend that all of my actors and artists listening check out the audiobook for The Actor's Life, A Survival Guide, written and narrated by Jenna Fisher, best known for playing Pam on The Office. Jenna gives an in-depth look on her career, from fresh-faced Hollywood newcomer to struggling actor to the star of a hit network television show. She also has a ton of survival advice and guidance for actors tackling this crazy industry. You can check out Jenna's book and tons more by signing up for a free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash actors. Autumn is officially upon us, and whether you live in New York City or Los Angeles, everyone deserves to experience those classic scents of autumn, and that's why I'm thrilled to be partnering once again with Redondo Road Candlemakers to announce their new line of autumn-inspired scents, which include apples and maple bourbon, baked apple pie, and the classic toasted pumpkin spice. Redondo Road candles are hand-poured right here in the U.S. and made from 100% natural soy wax and all renewable resources. Burning on my desk right now is their Amber Noir candle, which is a warm fusion of mandarin, jasmine, and amber with hints of sandalwood and musk that just whisks you away on a warm cabin getaway. Another favorite of mine is their cake candle, which smells like the sweetest, yummiest vanilla frosted cake you have ever smelled. Redondo Road candles start at just $15 for their 5.5 ounce jars and are shipped within the continental U.S. For more information, visit RedondoRoad.com. That's RedondoRoad.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going back to, to Dash and Lily, was there anything, I, I, I saw a few of the, the responses you sent over, but um, with that show in particular, was there anything you learned on set that was either like an eye-opening experience or uh, learning something new? Because I'm a firm believer that every time you step on a set, there's something new, something happens that maybe mm-hmm. changes your point of view on something a little bit. So with Dash and Lily, what was that for you? I mean, I think one thing that I really loved about the entire experience was how it, w- it was a very quaint, small feeling experience that we were making something very special. I think that's a big difference between like TV and theater that a lot of mm. actors have is they feel like when you do, when you do something with theater, you kind of create this little family and you, you, be, you get vulnerable together and you create something magical and then it's gone on forever it's like in the ether and that's like the magic of theater and with tv like you know my experience with tv and film thus far had had been like you know get into your job get out by like you know it's this giant machine that you kind of just hop on you do your little piece and then you get out and you're not and with you know and with dash and lily it felt i would even though i wasn't there from like you know the beginning of the creation of it um it felt like they were very welcoming to everyone from the very beginning and everyone was very involved and we worked with the same people every day. And it, so it, di- it did feel like we created this little family. So it, it was this, there was a little magic of like theater feeling in there. And so yeah. that was nice to know that, um, you know, a television experience could be like that because there are a lot of people involved. And I think because of that, um, you know, people can get lost and stuff like that. But um yeah, the entire experience of Dash and Lily was really, really wonderful. I've noticed that that's sort of one of the biggest differences between um, film and television, because film is just like sort of a compact story you're telling in two hours. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. television is like this multi-chapter type of thing. And because you're filming for so long, it's it's just like you're going to work. Like, oh, these are all my coworkers. And, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a sort of like camaraderie that you have. And um, because the show is like, I feel like the perfect word for it is just like cute because watching the clips and all the trailers, it just looks so cute. Yeah. Um, and because it's like a multi, um, is it the third book that's coming out soon? Cause it's based on the book series. Yeah. So the third book I think is coming out the same day that the series dropped. Yeah. And um, is there, obviously if there's NDAs involved, you can't say, but is there talks of, of like adapting the other books into uh, like multiple there's seasons? Def- yeah. There's definitely hopes of it. Mm. I, um, I, I I obviously don't have any power in that. Right. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> right, six more books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with your other experiences on set, you mentioned something um, from Quantico that I'd love for you to, to chat about. Um, you know, any other sort of experiences you've had on set? Um, and yeah. uh, just going back to what you mentioned before, that sort of like the, you're like a little cog in the machine, especially those co-stars. You go in, say your couple lines, and you get out. And, and get out. then the story you know blink and you miss it um but with uh but then you mentioned that sort of seeing a show like quantico or any network or big studio or streaming 
show it's basically just like you're you know it's like indie filmmaking but everyone's getting paid that's really the only difference yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting because um quantico was one of the first like uh co-stars that i did it was probably mm-hmm. my like my third my third tv job and um yeah it was you know tv especially network tv was always on this really really intimidating like pedestal because it mm. was like there's so much money and like oh my god priyanka Chopra, priyanka chopra is going to be there and um which i think is funny that um nick jonas is one of our executive producers for dash and the late and um right, unfortunately right. <laughs> it didn't get get to meet him but i'm like i i yelled at your wife on on her show <laughs> not like really but like you know my line was to yell at her yeah. and um <laughs> uh it was interesting because I was like, yeah, on that set, we were, we, we were on location. We were in some like under some tunnel underground somewhere. And they had just, um, they were about to film this very, very important scene where one of the majorly recurring stars was going to get like killed. And the, the, the director they were clearly very behind and everything was just haphazard and everyone was running around and then the director was like everyone we have 12 minutes to film this like final sequence and i remember i was with the actress her name was Paige, and she was like she was like this is this is my last day this is the day that i die we have I, 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 that i die i have, I have 11 minutes to like you know they <laughs> 11 minutes they like they like <laughs> threw her this they threw her the script which had just been changed so she was like trying to memorize memorize the lines really fast and i was just sort of sitting there in my chair because like I, I was done but they just needed me in like the background mm-hmm. and i was just like oh these are just people these are just people like making a thing, you know, playing with their cameras, running around. <laughs> They're just getting paid more. Like, you know, it's not, it, this isn't intimidating. Like, <laughs> this is fun and funny. Like, yeah. you know. It's like, you know, taking away all of the glamour and the fluff that we think that, you know, Hollywood is. But, you know, being in New York, just the look alone of New York TV versus LA TV is so different. Not just mm-hmm. like the storytelling, but just like that as well as like the grittiness and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. So with just to chat a bit about uh, Be More Chill, uh, what was your experience with the show? You were part of the original uh, cast? Uh, yeah. Broadway? The, the original, I, I went on off-Broadway. Um, I wasn't part of the, the, the regional premiere, the Two River premiere. Um, I auditioned for it, but I didn't, I didn't get it. But um yeah, so my experience with it was I, I just, I saw that um, it was going off Broadway and I emailed my agents and I was like, hey, I auditioned for this and I really, like, I auditioned for this like two years ago. I really loved it. If you could just like at least get me an audition, that would be great. Hmm. And um, yeah, I went in and auditioned for the off-Broadway production and I got the, I got one of the understudies because they were bringing the entire, pretty much almost the entire regional cast hmm. Um, the original, original cast over. Um, so they were mainly just looking for understudies. And I got that. And then, um, yeah, we did, a, we did a run at the Signature Theater. And then they announced that we were moving to the Lyceum on Broadway and they decided to take us all. And we hired three more understudies. So there were, there were six of us and um, it was great. I, 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 it was very interesting being part of a, a show like Be More Chill that has such a, like, 
not a cult following, but like a very. I would call it a cult following. The way that I, that okay, all that happened. Okay, let's call it a cult following. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how big it needs to be to be considered a cult. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it does have a very very strong and passionate and wonderful following. And um, I don't know. I really loved that I was just an understudy for that experience because mm-hmm. I I kind of had the option to like be a part of it when you know when I wanted to be a part of it and if it was ever like too much or something I'd be like I'm just an understudy like you know this is (laughs) like go 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 look at the real cast there (laughs) but um yeah I was very fortunate to go on a lot during the Broadway run and I went on for for all Mm -hmm. of my tracks and it was fun I got to and I got to um I understudied um Will Roland who played the lead Jeremy and um, I went on for him two or three times. And there was, there was one time where um, I went on. So all four of the, the leads of Be More Chill were all Asian. So that was really oh, fun. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. It was really cool. So it was me. It was myself, Stephanie Shu, uh, George Salazar, and Jason Tam. And it, oh, was, it was very cool to share like the last four bows and then all four of us for, yeah. you know give a bow that was really cool it was cool yeah. to be part of that um so just to 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 chat about that a little bit um you know the the needle is slowly moving in the right direction when it comes to representation of um people of color and diverse communities um and also for the queer community um in an ideal world what would be like a little dream project that you would want to do that could sort of reflect that or if there's like a story you want to tell <laughs> and it's like wait what <laughs> I know that that's a that's a really big question. I like I don't know just off the top of my head. I don't think I would want to tell like a like a historical story or a story that's already happened. Mm. I think I would I would want to just create a really inclusive show that everyone mm. can relate to that represents a lot of people. Kind of like what Dash and Lily does. I mean, mm. Dash and Lily falls into the niche of like holiday content. But um, one thing that I really love about our show is that there's a lot of people from different backgrounds and different identities that are just in there unapologetically they're just existing and there's no explanation for it mm. there we um that they, they did a really good job of portraying these characters and not portraying them as victims or as you know or, or struggling with their identities even though like those stories are valid and and should be told but i do think that they're there it, it is important to also show content where you know, we have a, a mixed race gay character who, like, we don't have to talk about them struggling with their identity or yeah. in, in, in any way. It's just like, no, that's just who they are. Just like, enjoy the show. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, yeah, because, you know, in reality, not everyone, in reality, not everyone struggles with their identity. Some, that's just their life. So not every portrayal of it on screen or on stage has to be like, this show is about struggle. It's like, nope. It's a nice, happy Christmas show. It's a nice, happy this wonderful thing. family. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was so fun knowing that I was gonna play a, a a queer character where his main like arc was not struggling with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's that's very refreshing to me. <laughs> yeah, even though it's like yes, of course those stories are important because it happens, but we're more than that, and like um, yeah. We don't, we don't have to show it every time. And I think that a lot of TV shows, it's like, oh, there's this gay character. Oh, well, obviously we have to show them being bullied or we have to show them <laughs> not being accepted by someone. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. We're not all traumatized, you know, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, uh, but again, you know, the needle's slowly moving in the right direction. Thankfully, uh, we're hitting about the end of our time. So I just wanted to end with a rapid fire round. So we're going to put 90 seconds on the clock. No pressure. And we're going to start with a hard hitting question. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Pumpkin spice or peppermint mocha? Peppermint mocha. Theater or screen acting? Theater. That's TV. filmed. <laughs> TV or film? Um, TV. Uh, hero or villain? Villain. Drama or comedy? Comedy. Plays or musicals? Musicals. Favorite Christmas movie? Home Alone. Most recent binge watch? Uh, a Lovecraft Country. Uh, if you weren't an actor, what would you do for a living? Oh, God. I'd be, um, I'd probably work in HR. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the worst side job that you've had? Uh, catering. If you got to be in the revival of any show, which would it be? A revival? Um, uh, next to normal. Uh, what is your favorite accent to do, and can we hear it? Uh, um, I... <laughs> I, I, I really do love this New Zealand accent, but it's not it's not it's not real and putting on the spot turned into a Western accent. So um, <laughs> I, I I didn't take any dialect classes in college. So uh, what is your favorite musical of all time? Oh, that's hard. Um, I do love Sweeney Todd. Uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? Definitely Langston. I that sounds so like cheesy but i did have a lot of fun and uh so we hit we hit time so our final question in a 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor um don't take yourself too seriously and i'm gonna go over 10 and if someone um if someone takes themselves too seriously you don't have to work with them (laughs) and that is it for this week's episode of actors with issues Big thanks to this week's guest, Troy Iwata, who you can follow on Instagram at Mr. Troy Iwata and follow us at Actors with Issues. And don't forget to binge Dash and Lily on Netflix starting November 10th. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday. This is Juan Ayala signing off.